0: You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 699 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland. Coming to you live from State Farm Arena on a Saturday night after uh, the Hawks laid an egg in this particular spot. Not a huge surprise, I guess, in retrospect, that the Hawks may have not been playing their best basketball on the second night of a back-to-back. But I don't think anybody foresaw a 33-point loss at home to the Pistons. So a little bit of a step back for the Hawks in the recent past. We've been playing a little bit better. But before we get to the game itself, and we'll spend most of the podcast on the game, Jeff Teague and Trevion Graham spoke to the media for the first time on Saturday night before the game started. And Teague, of course, was the big focus. Uh, with all respect to Graham, Teague is definitely the bigger story here um, as someone who's going to be definitely in the rotation, making a bunch of money, and of course returning to Atlanta. So I want to recap a little bit of what he said and what sort of the, the mood around that was. Um, kind of kind of hilarious start in some ways to the uh, pregame, uh, I guess, post-trade availability for Teague. Teague said he was, quote, kind of plotting, end quote, to get back to Atlanta after requesting that he come off the bench in Minnesota. That was pretty funny and uh, sort of hear that over and over again. He seemed to be... Again, I would say the overall theme was that Teague is thrilled to be back in Atlanta. He referred to Atlanta as his second home. He saw his house here, and also he uh, said repeatedly that he, quote, grew up, end quote, in Atlanta during his first stint with the team. By the way, he was here for seven seasons, so. And he really actually was very young the whole time he was there, so I guess I definitely believe the fact that he definitely grew up as a person during his time with the Hawks. Um, Teague and Graham both said that they found out about the deal, to Atlanta before flying to Indiana as members of the Timberwolves for a game that would have been against the Pacers um, the the following day. Teague actually said that he thought to himself, and I quote now, I can't be this lucky, end quote. Uh, Teague was asked about staying beyond this year. He said he'd love to continue his career in Atlanta. Lloyd Pierce did say, though, with a smile, I will, I will add in, the guys are prone to saying that kind of thing when they have when they get to a new place, and obviously uh, Teague has even more familiarity with Atlanta. I tend to agree with that, but Teague did say repeatedly that he, lo- that he likes to be in Atlanta. It definitely appears that he loves to be uh, in the city. He called it one of uh, one of the world's best cities, and obviously that can't hurt the Hawks want to bring him back at the end of the season. Of course, that's a, that's a, that's a two-way street, and we'll see what happens there. I'm, my guard would be up on that if I was a Hawks fan, but still, um, it definitely cannot hurt that um, the Hawks seemingly are a destination that Teague wanted to be in, which he definitely said multiple times. Teague also said that his goal is, and I'm quoting now, Pretty much tried to find a way to get some wins, end quote. Did acknowledge, though, that he's definitely in a leadership role with this team. Said a couple different times that having veterans in the locker room can help and that he was able to have have some mentoring um, with the current roster the way that it is. He did praise the young core, though. um, Defendably said that Trey Young was an all-star, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Pierce, uh, in terms of basketball stuff, Pierce said that the Hawks are a pick-and-roll team and that they're essentially built around Trey Young and what he can do. And then uh, Pierce went on to sort of transition from that into Teague being a pick-and-roll player. And they think that his offensive fit, is a good one. Um, Expectations are from Pierce and others that he's going to play with Young, quote, some Um, that happened in this game. Obviously Uh, Pierce did say after the game, that it was kind of just, they want to throw out, they want to throw Teague out out there. Just kind of see what happens. He's not really ingrained in the offense. They haven't had a practice by the way, which I want to point out now. Um, Practice time is a little bit limited during the NBA season, but still um, Teague and, and Graham basically had no time to get to get integrated with the roster and with the stuff and all that stuff. He, uh, Pierce did praise Teague's ability as a veteran to kind of just know what to do, know what to do, but still no full uh, integration or practice time, and et cetera, et cetera. At this point in time, uh, last thing here, as for uh, Graham a little bit. Pierce did make sure to note that Graham's toughness is a big thing, and having a guy like that is valuable. Uh, Graham um, rightly did say that he's coming in as one of the older guys with some experience on this roster, and Pierce seems to like his toughness in a big way. So uh, we'll see if he factors in. He actually did play some rotation minutes in this game. We'll see if that's a a permanent thing moving forward because the Hawks are still down a couple of guys now with Jabari Parker and then Alex Lynn missed this game as well. But uh, Graham did play, played 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 some at the three, played some at the four, and we'll see if that's a fixture looking ahead. Um, to the game itself, we'll, transi- we'll transition now into some uh, game stuff. Um, before the game actually started, the Hawks were a small favorite for a brief moment on Saturday night. The Hawks did end up being underdogs at the at the actual start of the game, but a pretty narrow sort of coin flip situation in terms of the way that it was approached in Las Vegas. The Hawks were without Alex Len, um, again here, with back in with a, with a back injury, I actually asked Pierce about whether it was a long-term concern. He seemed to downplay that a little bit. Um, seems to be like I guess it's gonna flare up every once in a while. on Alex Len, um, they're hoping he can ramp up potentially to play even on Monday. But um, obviously was not ready to go in this game. And uh, Len said that um, actually Pierce sorry Pierce said that Len was trying to ramp up in a, in a workout earlier in the uh, weekend and was not able to go um, from that point forward. Um, as a result of that, the Hawks kept a small lineup. It was at least a, probably a decision, some at least question about whether the Hawks would stay with that young small uh, group uh, against against Andre Drummond. And uh, in this game, the Hawks were bludgeoning a little bit on the interior. Uh, we saw that um, sort of manifest itself. We'll talk about that talk about that as the game goes along. But um, they did stick with a small ball lineup for the most part. And by the way, uh, this is sort of an overall theme for this game, but the Hawks were on the back-to-back, of course, after getting the win on Friday, a, a game that we podcasted about less than, 20, less than 24 hours ago in this same space. Um, but um, the Hawks got, got in about 3 a.m., into Atlanta after the long flight and the late start in San Antonio whereas Detroit did not play on Friday and I I think we definitely saw that Um, both Pierce and Trey Young and others did not want to give excuses about back-to-backs but the uh, the stats are what they are and both guys acknowledge just sort of the dead legs at at times for the Hawks. Atlanta is now one and eight on the second night of a back-to-back this year so a lot of uh, I would say a lot of a lot of mixed results on the second on the second second night of back-to-backs and part of that's being young Troy Young did say that, just kind of not using it as an excuse, but just a lot of guys that don't know, that don't necessarily know how to ramp up would be the way that I would say that. Just kind of tough to uh, get guys ready to go, and honestly, to be fair, the schedule has been very brutal for the Hawks on some of this travel stuff. I was talking to some guys um, off the record stuff after the game, just you know, it's kind of brutal, just the way that the travel uh, the travel schedule has worked for the Hawks. And uh, I'll leave it there for now. Um, to the game itself. Um, actually, a pretty pretty decent start at times, um, but you know, at, at other times it was a lot of Detroit. Actually, the Hawks led early on with Trey in a deep three to start the game, but from there, a 12 to 2 run for the Pistons to take control of the game. Uh, Trey though did have it going a little bit in the early going, had seven points to start the game off, and then a nice dunk from John Collins early off a pass from DeAndre Hunter. There was an anger timeout, though, from Pierce in the early going because the Hawks just couldn't get stops. Pistons scored 18 points in the first five and a half minutes. That was a the theme throughout the game. The Hawks just could not get stops in the spot. Derrick Rose was cooking in the first quarter, and that really never stopped for the most part. Um, Teague did come in early on, play with Young the first time. Turned it over on the first possession. Jeff was definitely a, an up-and-down game. He had some nice numbers in this spot. Also had some uh, signs that he was rusty, to be sure. At least, um, maybe not rusty, but just kind of uneven with the way that he was going to gonna be able to play in Atlanta with no practice time. Eventually, he, though, did play some point guard alongside. The first lineup was uh, Bembry, Reddish, Carter, and Fernando to go along with Jeff Teague. Another 12-2 to run. Um, by the way, the Pistons had two to 12-2 runs in the first, like, eight minutes of this game. And suddenly, the Hawks are down by 12 after they cut it to two. Um, so they did sort of withstand the first run. The second one, though, it was kind of all Pistons from that point forward. The Pistons were scoring at a 1.5 points per possession clip. That's basically, uh, you know, as good as it possibly could be. Um, some shaky stuff from Cam Reddish in the early going up that I, that I wanted to note. Uh, a lot of guys struggled in this game. We were talking about this after the, after the game with a lot of media folks, and it was hard to find more than one or two players that actually played well in this spot. Most guys were shaky, and uh, that was definitely something that I wanted to point out repeatedly on the podcast. Um, you know... The Pistons shot 71% from the floor in the first quarter. They had 4-7 from three. Atlanta's offense was actually pretty good early on. And in fact, the offense was not terrible the entire game. The third quarter was kind of of a rough spot, but uh, it was basically the defense just couldn't couldn't get stops in the game. That was kind of the manifesting thing throughout the contest. They did go to Graham to open the second quarter, playing with Reddish, Hunter, Teague, and Collins on the floor together. Actually, a bunch of dunks for John Collins in the early going. I think about the first quarter and a half, I think he had at least three, maybe four dunks. um, Was very active around the rim, as he always is. The Hawks got it back to 10. Um, At one point in time, um, starters were basically on the floor at that point in time, but it was back and forth, back and forth from there. Christian Wood had a highlight-level block, actually had back-to-back blocks on Reddish and then Hunter, Um, shouts to him, who I've always enjoyed over there in Detroit. And then Herder got, got called for a foul on Wood on an and one before a timeout. And then during the timeout, got, got a technical foul at that point in time. This actually turned into a six point possession for the Pistons because Wood, Wood got the layup originally. Um, they made the technical foul free throw. Wood actually missed the free throw on his own. They already had three points. And then they, they got the rebound, kicked out for a three. And then it was a six point possession from the Pistons to go up by a 15 point margin. And uh, that was a big swing. Uh, probably didn't decide the game or anything like that, but it was definitely something that I circled, uh, you know, off see six point possessions of the NBA. And that, that happened in the spot, a 13 to two overall run by the Pistons to go up by 17. Um, that, that actually prompted them to go, go to Damian Jones for the first time off the bench. Um, but then the Hawks got down as many as 20 before halftime. There was a nice six-over run after that, uh, capped by a vintage scoop layup from Jeff Teague. But, uh, you know, a lot of highs and lows, I will say. There was some settling to do, but Teague, Teague, Teague did have five assists in the first half. The starters were actually were the, were the problem um, almost throughout this game for Atlanta, um, not necessarily individually, but playing together. All five starters in the spot for Atlanta were minus 25 or worse, whereas the bench was actually not as bad. It's not always indicative, um, but definitely the starters had a tough time in this spot, and the Pistons were cooking offensively the entire first half and really the entire game. After halftime, it was a 6-2 run to go up by 20. Pierce called a pretty quick timeout. Um, in retrospect, it was probably over at that point in time, but the Pistons pushed it out to 23. Um, there was one point where they got where the Hawks got it, down to tw- got it down to 20 midway through the third quarter, but it was a 10-2 run after that to go up by 28, and that basically ended the game. Um they were down 27 after three quarters, uh, being below average on both ends of the floor. Obviously, um, the rotation was pretty light, uh, you know, only 10, 11 guys depending on, uh, which, uh, which part of the game that you wanted to believe in, in this spot. But, um, The fourth quarter, I basically wrote garbage time in my notes because it was basically all garbage time. It was a 9-2 run by the Pistons. That was actually a 13-2 overall, going back to the third quarter. And then at that point in time, the Hawks were down 34 points. And if it wasn't already over, it was over at that point. It probably already was because down 27, even at home with no legs on the back-to-back, you probably can't expect them to do too much there. And the fourth quarter was basically an extended garbage time period. The Hawks trailed by 30-plus many, many times and ended up losing by 33. Before, we get to the individual portion of the, of the podcast, et cetera, et cetera. I do want to take a second to hear from our sponsors. So hold on tight. We'll be right back with more on the game. All right. And we're back to talk about the big picture stuff, and then we'll drill down a little bit into the individual players. Atlanta's offense, as I said before, was not absolutely terrible. It wasn't good. A 100 offensive rating, basically one point per possession. That's not good by any means, but it's not like absolutely disaster level that you're going to lose by 33 points if you do that. Um, Atlanta's offense... You know, shooting-wise shooting, shooting wise was, was not terrible either. 50, 52% true shooting is not good, but again, not not just ridiculously bad. Um, 10 of 34 from three is not what you want to see. The Hawks had 20 turnovers. That was uh, that definitely bit them in this game. Only 18 assists, so you never want to see more turnovers than assists, and uh, that was, uh, you know, all things considered. Not the problem in this game offensively, but still not a great showing either. Defensively, a 132 defensive rating. That is not going to win you many games, if at all. The Pistons ended up shooting... Fifty-nine percent from from uh, the floor in this game, but it was actually worse than that. In the fourth quarter, they pedaled off considerably, only scoring. I mean, I guess, I guess they scored thirty-three points, but it was uh, less efficient in the fourth quarter. Um, and then shooting threes, they're fifteen of thirty-two. It's kind of a perfect storm, is where I want to put this right now because the Hawks obviously did not play well in this game. They had no legs. They you know looked like a team that that, that played last night late in San Antonio. With that said, the Pistons made a lot of shots in this game. I am not a big Pistons fan at this point in time. They're not particularly good as currently constructed. They were without Blake Griffin. They were without, they were without Luke Kennard in this game. But the guys who uh, were their role guys um, on the perimeter were just fantastic in this game. Derek Rose was cooking from the outset with 27-9. and nine. Markeith Morris made three threes at 22 points. Uh, Svee Svi- Svi- Luke had 25 points on 11 shots. Just a lot of stuff going in for the Pistons. Now, were the Hawks going to win this game? No, they weren't. They, they, they didn't have it in the entire, this, this entire game, but it was definitely worse than it could have been because Detroit did have it going offensively. So in the end, you can't allow 136 at home to the Pistons and feel good about it, and they shouldn't feel good about it. The Hawks did not play well in this game, but there was a little bit of uh, both sides there, and you have to credit to Detroit at some point for the way that they were able to make shots in the spot. Um, to the individual portion of the program, Charlie Brown did not play at all. He was the one guy on the Rockstar that was active and, 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 did not, and did actually did not play. Not a big surprise there. Charlie is definitely number 13 of 13 of all the active guys in this spot. Um, Brandon Goodwin was not going to play in this game. He was not in the rotation. I know Hawks fans are, uh, I guess, upset on his behalf, and I totally understand that. I felt bad for Brandon after the trade, but uh, he was clearly on the outside looking in in terms of the rotation here. Played the last four minutes of garbage time and uh, was over two from the floor at two points. But it looks like he's going to be not playing much at all, uh, as long as Young and T are both available. Um, elsewhere, Vince Carter, 10 points. Sorry, 10 minutes. 2 of 7 from the floor. 1 of 5 from three five points for Vince. He was not quite as good as he was in the first half on Friday. No big surprise there, but he was uh, largely ineffective. Gunner Bembry was uneven in this game. Did have three steals, made some, made some plays defensively, but four points, um, two rebounds and assist for DeAndre. Trevion Graham made uh, one of two from three, which is the big thing for Graham. He's just not shot the ball well at all in the last couple of stops. So if he can make any shots at all, you have to like what he's going to give you because defensively, he definitely will compete. Um, the big thing, though, is that offensively, he's a pretty big negative in terms of where, where he's been the last couple of years. So if you make shots he becomes playable if he doesn't it's a, it's a lot tougher sell and uh, by the way they played some lineups in this game uh, mostly in the second half but it was kind of tough to not notice this if you're going to play Bembry and Graham together you're just not going to be able to score um there's a situation where you're you're playing with Bembry and Graham and even with even with the young Herder Collins trio around them you're still not you're still not going to have those guys be guarded the space is going to just kind of evaporate so much like we talked about coming into the season with Bembry and Turner um, Bembry and Graham is going to be similar, particularly if you try to play a center with them. Um, in this game, it was Collins, so it actually worked out a little bit better, but um, two two just total non-shooters on the wing is really, really tough to do, and I wanted to point that out at some point here on the podcast. Um, elsewhere on the bench, the, the two-headed center monster of Bruno Fernando and Damian Jones, both did a little bit of uh, good things in this game. I thought Bruno was actually pretty decent. Um, four points, three, three rebounds, and two steals for Bruno. He was at least pretty active. A couple nice dunks in the spot. Damian Jones was one for one from the floor. Two two from three uh, from the free throw line. Had two rebounds at four points. Uh, they didn't kill him in this game. They were not good defensively, especially Damian. I thought he was shaky on defense. But still, those guys were not the problem necessarily in this game. They combined to just do okay work, I thought. Starting lineup in this spot, the two guys that struggled the most, I think, in the starting lineup were Cam Reddish and Kevin Herter. Cam had a fantastic game on Friday and could not follow it up with the offensive game in this spot. Defensively, he was uh, okay, I I think he was a little bit worse than he has been recently, which is not a shot at him. He still is a positive defensive player, even on this night. Um, But Cam just wasn't quite as good. Um, Seven points, one rebound, didn't have a steal, no assists. Two two fouls. It was three of ten from the floor. One of three from three. He wasn't absolutely unplayable in this game or anything like that. Um, but just worth noting that he wasn't quite as good, obviously, as he was on Friday. You know that was uh, definitely an impressive performance from Reddish. And defensively, he was still okay. Uh, Herder was dreadful. Uh, I w- I, w- I will say this: herter has been fantastic now for you know two or three weeks. This game was a lot of uh, I would say regression maybe. But uh, yeah, it was one of his worst games of the season. Two points. One of seven from the floor. Two rebounds. No assists. Had two two turnovers. And uh, a little bit surprising in some respects. You know, even Lloyd Pierce, as we transitioned, to the last three guys to discuss here, Pierce said, and has now noted multiple times now that DeAndre Hunter has struggled on the second night of back-to-backs. Hunter did not struggle in this game, whereas Herder, a guy with a little bit more experience, did. So, uh, you know, it kind of comes indiscriminately at times in terms of who didn't play well on the second night of a back-to-back. But uh, Herder was very bad in this game. Uh, going to going to Hunter as I said before, he actually played well. In fact, if you had to pick one guy that was uh, the best when compared to their baseline in this game, it was probably Hunter. Uh, 19 points, five rebounds, three assists, a steal, and a block shot. He was pretty effective, and uh, Pierce seemed to agree, saying that he thought that uh, DeAndre played well. I would agree with that. Um, John Collins, 20 points, five rebounds, two block shots, and four turnovers. I think defensively it was a little bit shakier from John than it has been in the recent past. Part of that is a tough matchup against the Pistons. Part of that is just not executing particularly well. But I thought he was okay. It wasn't like John was terrible or anything. I thought he play pretty well offensively. He was the one guy that had it going at certain times around the rim, but uh, not his best work, not his worst either. Kind of just somewhere in the middle because of the defensive issues that he had. And then Trey Young, not his best definitively in this game. 16 points and uh, eight rebounds, seven assists. So the numbers don't look terrible by any means. They had four turnovers, but uh, not efficient. Six of 16 from the floor, two of seven from three. Missed a couple of floors missed a couple of free throws. Just not his normal self either. So it was kind of everybody, but uh, Trey was not fantastic either. And then finally, I said Jeff Teague for the end because he was, of course, making his debut. Um, for the Hawks, At <laughs> missed his, re- his re-debut <laughs> in Atlanta uniform. 15 points for Jeff, seven seven assists, so that looks great, obviously. A steal and a block shot as well. Three rebounds, did have five turnovers. Six of nine from the floor, one of one from three. So a very efficient, positive offensive performance for Teague on the whole. Uh, the turnovers were kind of bad, and there were certainly some moments defensively where he looked shaky. I think, um, and, and talking to some people that were, that were watching the Wolves more closely than I have, um, Teague's defense, as I suspected, and talked about a little bit with Ben Ladner on the, on the uh, podcast earlier in the week, has definitely declined. Teague is not a great defender by everyone that I trust that covers the TV Wolves, so I think it's going to be Interesting to see how that, how that sort of progresses as the season goes along, particularly when he's asked to play with Trey Young. But there were certainly some old some old flashes of Teague's offense in this game, and he was efficient. Um, the turnovers are probably going to slow down as he gets more comfortable. But I thought Teague was, uh, you know, all things considered, pretty solid for his first game, even with some rough moments along the way. Okay, with that said. That's probably going to cover it for the game today. Um, The Hawks do have a quick turnaround in some respects with a Monday afternoon game. It's, of course, MLK day. Always a fun atmosphere here in Atlanta. Usually the choir intros, which I always enjoy. Um, But a 2.30 tip-off on Monday afternoon against the Toronto Raptors. That's a tough game. Obviously, the Raptors are pretty good. They're much better than the Hawks are. Um, We'll see if the Hawks are more competitive in that game. I have a feeling that they will be based on the extra rest and not having to travel, etc., etc. I would not pick the Hawks to beat the Raptors, but they certainly can do it if they play well, as we saw in the uh, road game against the Spurs on Friday so Circle that one. And once something crazy happens, like a trade, there'll be no podcast between now and the game on Monday, but I will be in the building for that contest and I will be recording probably either either from this exact seat in the arena or back at home on Monday afternoon into the evening. So stay tuned for that. Please subscribe to the podcast. I've had a, a, nice, a nice, fun run of podcast recently. Uh, as I said before, Ben Ladner, early in the week, that was a fun one. It's about an hour deep dive if, you're, if you find yourself with some extra time. This weekend, go ahead and listen to that one. And then, uh, of course, the recap show last night of the streak-busting win in San Antonio. So tell a friend, subscribe and uh, we'll see everybody on Monday afternoon or evening.